Well, this morning, it's Easter. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Don't poke anybody. Don't hit anybody. But how many of you are competitive people? You like to win. How many of you might be a little too competitive? All right. Yeah. We got a few of those. Well, you know, today, and today's culture, kids, you know, if they play a sport, they get a medal, right? They get a participation trophy. When I was a kid, you didn't get a participation trophy, right? How many of you remember that? Uh, and uh, I remember when I played baseball, I'm not a real competitive person. I mean, I have a little bit of an edge, but I'm more like, let's just have fun and play, you know. Some of my family are not like that. Um, but when I played baseball, I had a coach. I remember my first year of Little League Baseball, every game he would bring this big cooler full of sodas, because in Missouri we call it soda. It's not pop, it's soda. He'd bring this big cooler full of soda. He said, boys, if we win today, everybody gets a free soda. I said, cool, what happens if we lose? He said, you don't get a free soda. And I remember losing a game, and you know, losing stinks anyway, but our first game, I thought, surely he's going to like be like, oh, we all played hard, we're all winners. Nope. He said, sorry, boys. And he picks his cooler up and ceremoniously puts it back in his truck, closes his tailgate, said, try harder next week. <laughs> so that gave us a little bit of an edge, right, to try to win that soda. Uh, but how many of you know it feels really good to win, right? It feels good to, to compete and to have victory. Well, how many of you know, as Christians right now, it feels a little bit like we might be losing? Do you ever feel that way? Like we look at the news and it just feels like one law after another is being passed trying to to squash Christianity, right? But how many of you know, because of what Jesus did on Calvary, he wins. But more than that, he's already won. Jesus already has the victory, guys. He's already got this thing won. But so many times we, as Christians, kind of walk around like, ah. Right? You know, we've got, I, I lead a group exercise class at the Y on Mondays, and we've got this one guy in there. He's 63 years old, probably the most competitive person I've ever met in my life. I won't tell you his name, but a lot of you probably know him. But we'll, like, I'll say, okay, guys, we're going to jog a lap on the track, right? Jog means jog to warm up. Well, he's always got to be in the front. And if I start catching up with him, he goes a little faster. And I have to admit, this 63-year-old man outruns me most of the time. So I'm not super competitive, but seeing an old man in front of me makes me like, and he does that. He's like, you got beat by the old man. And I said, one of these days I'm going to beat you. He said, no, you won't. And so every time, I'm like, I'm going to get you. And so I'm working on it. So we're going to get there. But how many of you know, when you win, it feels good. It's different. And, you know, sports teach a lot about life. I love sports. If you see a team that's on a winning streak, what do they have? They have a little bit of confidence, don't they? And confidence makes a big deal. If I take our basketball team that I helped coach in, we went and played Carney. Carney has big kids. Like, they had eighth graders taller than I was. I'm pretty sure they were shaving already. <laughs> like, I mean, they were huge. And our kids went in there and they went, Coach, uh, but you know what happened? Our C team, our reserve reserves, beat their C team. And, you know, even though C team, it doesn't matter. Nobody keeps, you know, they were like, hey, we beat Carney. They went in next week. They had swagger I've never seen on the substitutes for the substitutes, right? And we play a C, and then the next week we got beat. But, you know, it was like, hey, we won a game. <laughs> it feels good. So, guys, today I want to talk about the fact that we are destined to win. As Christians, I got a picture here that's kind of cool. I like it. We found out we're destined to win because of the cross. But even more so because of the tomb. Because he's not in there anymore. So if you have your Bibles, open them to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 
If you have a YouVersion Bible plan or a Bible app on your phone or your tablet, if you look in the events tab, all the notes and the verses are there as well. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, all the way down in verse 50. So Paul was talking to the church in Corinth. I'm sorry, my voice is cracking a little bit. I'm not going through puberty. I just have a sore throat. So it's... 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting at verse 50. Now, Paul's talking to the church in Corinth. Now, these guys are new Christians. This is a new church that's been planted. And, you know, they're just coming out of Judaism. They're not quite sure what all is going on. And so Paul is giving them word. So he says this in verse 50. What I'm saying, he's talking about death. What I'm saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies, these things we have, cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And those who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then, when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Oh, death is swallowed up in what? Victory. Let me say that one more time. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Now listen to this. This is the best part. For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God he gives us what? Victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. He gives us victory. Guys, we are going to win, but we are not just going to win. We have already won the battle because of what Jesus did. And you know, so many times we feel like death is the end of stuff, but Paul's saying, no, death is just beginning because we've already won. You know, and it's hard to lose someone we love. It's hard to lose a, a mom or a dad or a grandma or grandpa or a kid. It's hard to lose them, but we understand that death is actually not punishment for the Christian. And so Paul is talking here, and he says, you know, the disciples, they thought death had already won. When Jesus died on the cross, the disciples thought, uh-oh, we lost. Jesus is in the tomb. They thought death had won the battle. And so if you remember the story, when Jesus was crucified, what happened to the disciples? They scattered. They left. The disciples took off because they thought game over. They thought, Jesus is dead, this thing's over. If you remember, what did Peter do? He went back to fishing, went back to what he knew before, right? Because, you know, when this whole disciple gig kind of fell through, he went back to what he knew. The women, the ladies who had followed Jesus, went to prepare him for burial. In Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 6, it'll be up here on the screen. It says, very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, they found that the stone had been what? Rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is what? Alive. What? Why are you looking among the dead for someone who's alive? Because he wasn't there. He said, he's not here. He has risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be traded into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and he would rise again on the third day. So they thought it was game over. After Jesus died and he was put in the tomb, they thought it was over, but they had forgotten 
the promises of God. The disciples had forgotten the promises, and that's what the angel said. Don't you remember he told you he had to die, but on the third day he would rise again? He told them repeatedly he was building a different kind of kingdom. He had to suffer and die, but in the heat of the moment, their promises were forgotten. And guys, we have to remember these things when trials come. When trials come our way, and guess what? They're going to come. If you haven't already experienced one, you will, you will experience a trial in life. Things are going to happen. Bad stuff's going to come because we live in a broken world, right? And so the disciples said, man, this is terrible. We were following Jesus. We were close to the hub of power, and the Romans killed him. But they said, hey, remember, he's already beaten death. And so the disciples kind of forgot. And so we have to remember when trials come our way, we serve a God who's bigger than all the stuff we face. We serve a God who's bigger than death, right? We serve a God who's bigger than governments or politicians or Ford V8 motors that break. I mean, all these different things. God is bigger than that. We already have victory. And so, guys, a lot of times we forget. These ladies and the disciples, they didn't know the end of the story. But we do. Paul says he has already given us victory over death. And if we can beat death through Christ, we can beat anything else through Christ, right? You know, he's got this. We forget that we know the end of the story, and Jesus has already won. So we have to remember that death isn't final. Death isn't final. Jesus defeated death at the cross. That's why he had to go to the cross. But he defeated death at the cross. Listen to what the writer of Hebrews says. Hebrews chapter 2 Verses 14 and 15, because God's children are human beings, that's us, made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only a human being could he, as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who has the power of death. Only in dying could he break the power of the devil who holds the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Guys, if you ask people, what are your biggest fears? You know what the number one fear of people is? Public speaking. Number two is death. People would actually rather die than get up and speak in front of people. But, you know, death is pretty high up there, right? Most of us fear death. And, and the writer of Hebrews says Jesus came and died so he could break that fear out of us. Because as Christians, as people who have a relationship with God, we don't have to be afraid of death anymore. Now, am I saying go out and do something stupid and die? No. Don't do that. Don't waste this life God has given you, right? But we don't have to be afraid of death. We don't have to be afraid of what comes. And that's one of the things, you know, people are like, how do cops do the jobs they do? How do firemen do the jobs they do? How do the military do the jobs they do? Because they have to come to terms with that. Jesus is bigger than death, right? And we have to remember that Jesus defeated death at the cross, and then Jesus passed that victory on to us. That's why Paul says... I lost my spot. (laughs) There it is. Death is swallowed up in victory. Death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? Because of what Jesus did at the cross, death has lost its power over us. Listen to what Paul says in 2 Timothy 1, verse 10. Now he's made all this plain to us by the appearing of Christ Jesus our Savior. He broke the power of death and illuminated the way to life and mortality through the good news. Guys, we don't have to be afraid of this stuff anymore. And that's what we celebrate on Easter Sunday, that we serve a God that's bigger than death. We serve a God that's bigger than anything else we're going to face. 
So we have to understand that we can walk in that victory because he gave us that victory. I didn't do it through me. You didn't beat death by yourself. Jesus did that for us at the cross. And so we have that. We can walk in that. We can walk in that confidence. And here's the thing. Because of his death and because of his victory, death is not punishment. I heard a preacher say this one time. I actually wrote it in the margins of my Bible and circled it. He says, death is not a punishment for the child of God because of what Jesus did, because of what he did on the cross, because we know now what's on the other side of that. You know, I, I do a lot of funerals. People die all the time, right? And I'm really not a fan of doing funerals unless it's someone who's a Christian, because then you can do what? You can celebrate. I love doing funerals for old saints who have been Christians forever because we know what? They're more alive than we are, right? If we have Christ, we can know that he has that victory. Amy and I had a friend. I met him when I gave my heart to the Lord at the age of 16. I met this young man named Joey. I think I've told this story before. Joey was born with a disability. He couldn't walk very well. But he was one of the most joyful people I've ever met. And Joey didn't have a good home life. His mom worked as a cook on barges on the river because we lived on the Mississippi River. So she'd be gone for weeks at a time. And she was a single mom, so Joey had to take care of himself. So he had a rough life. So Joey went to Bible college with us. Like, he showed up about two years after I went. He was in Bible college, trained to be a pastor. And right after Amy and I got married, we moved. We graduated and moved away. And then I got news that Joey had taken a really bad turn. So Amy and I drove back to my hometown, and Joey was in the hospital. He wasn't doing well at all. I mean, he was right on the verge of death. And so Amy and I went into the room, and we visited him and sat with him and cried with him a little bit. Then we said, hey, can we pray for you? And he said, only if I get to pray with you. <laughs> so I said, all right. So we prayed for him. And then Joey grabbed our hands and prayed for us. One of the most amazing moments I've ever had. Because this guy, who was just about to lose his life at the age of, like I think, 23, was praying for us. Praying for God to bless us. And so we went back to Joplin, and then he died a couple weeks later. I mean, back to this funeral, and guys, I can tell you, that was one of the funnest funerals I've ever been at, because we all had this picture of Joey in heaven running circles because he had his legs again, right? Like, you know, Jesus, I tag, you know, because he was more alive than any of us in that room. And that's where this became so real to me, that death is not punishment if you're a child of God. Death is not a punishment because of Christ's victory on the cross, and so because of death, and why are you talking about death on Easter? It's about resurrection. Because that death gave us resurrection. Jesus' death gave us victory over death. We now have that resurrection. We are now living eternal lives on this part, right? Right now we're not eternal. But because of Jesus, we can have that victory that we talked about in that song. So, and here's the thing, death will not win. I love this story. There was a new business opening in town. And one of the shopkeeper's friends wanted to, to do something nice for him, so he sent him a flowers with a card on it for the grand opening of his new business. When the flowers showed up, the business owner pulled out the card, and it said, rest in peace. And he said, wait a minute, I don't think this is right, unless this is a really bad joke. So he called the florist and said, hey, I think I got the wrong flower. And he said, man, I totally messed that up. He said, I took your flowers to the funeral home. And he said, now, don't be mad, because think about this. Somewhere someone's opening a card that says, congratulations on your new location. So, you know, if you're a Christian, that really works well, right? Congratulations on your new location. 
So here's the thing, guys. Sin and death will not win because of what Jesus did on the cross. And here's the thing. Sin and death have already lost the war because of Jesus' victory. Because of what Paul said, because he's already given us that victory in Christ, we now have victory. They have lost the war. So this Easter, guys, and every Easter, we celebrate the fact that sin and death have been defeated. He gives us victory through Christ. But here's the thing. If you get anything else today, we have to live like we have victory. We have to live. And so what does that mean? Are you supposed to walk around with swagger? Well, no, not really. You could. But what we want to do is remember that we've already beat all this stuff. It's already gone. We already have victory in Christ. So when troubles come, and again, they will come, just remember that this isn't all there is. We have to start living with an eternal mindset. Yeah, this is rough, but this will pass. Yeah, you know, the hot water heater going out, that's bad. But we have victory in Christ. Yeah, I may not like what happened in this election or that election. I may not like my football team loses a big game, whatever. I may not like that. But in the bigger picture, it's going to be okay. Because Jesus has already won the victory. And because of that, we have confidence. And that's what Paul says over and over in these letters. He says, I have confidence because of what Jesus has done. And if you read later, Paul goes through all kinds of crazy stuff. Like, you could make tons of movies about Paul's life. He was shipwrecked. Right? They had to float on planks of wood to an island. They get on an island, he gets bit by a poisonous snake. And he shakes the snake off into the fire and he doesn't die. And the people think, wow, this guy's a god. And they try to, you know, sacrifice to him. And he said, no, wait, wait. <laughs> he was beaten more times than he could remember. He was left for dead outside of town, crawls back into town, and goes on. Why? Because he had confidence in Jesus. He had confidence in what Jesus could do through him. He had confidence that things were going to be okay because of Jesus. Because So that's what we celebrate. That's what we keep saying. He is risen. He is risen indeed. That's why. Because he's alive, we have that confidence. Because he's alive, we can live in him. And so because of that, we must remember that nothing will separate us from God's love. Nothing will separate us from his love. Listen to what Paul writes. Romans chapter 8. If you have your Bibles, you might turn there because this is a really good one. To underline, if you underline in your Bibles or in your version app, highlight that thing so it'll pop up. Romans chapter 8. Paul's writing this incredible chapter about the fact that there's no condemnation for us anymore. All that stuff's gone. In the early service, we talked about the fact that because of Jesus' resurrection, everything has changed. I love that video that we watched. One guy did all that? Like, that changes everything. Yeah, exactly. It changes everything. So because of what Jesus has done, our past is forgiven. We preachers use this word justification, and it means just like it never happened, right? Jesus has wiped out all that old stuff that we used to do, all that stuff that we had done in the past. All the things we're not proud of, those are gone. And he gives us confidence in the presence because in Romans chapter 8, in verse 1, he says, There is now no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. So let's move on. Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 35. <clears throat> Can anything, what does anything mean? Anything. 
Does anything mean good stuff? Yeah. Does anything mean bad stuff? Yeah. Does anything mean spiders in your closet? Yes. Or snakes in your house? Yeah. Right? All those things. I had a snake in my stairs. <laughs> I was about ready to burn the house down. But we didn't. Right? So anything means anything. So Paul says, can anything separate us from the love of Christ? Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean that he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or if we're persecuted or if we're hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we're killed every day. We're being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming what? Victory is ours through Christ who loved us. We'll move down to verse 38. And I'm convinced that nothing, what does nothing mean? Nothing. <laughs> you catching these words? Everything, nothing, nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Guys, did you hear Paul say it? He said it like four times. Nothing can separate us. Nothing. And guys, so many times we feel like, how could God love me? I know the things I've done. How could he love me? I know the person I am on the inside. How could he love me? If he remembered, well, he does, but he chooses to forget it, right? He says nothing can separate us. So when we go through hardships, because Paul says hardships, right? When we're persecuted, when these things come, we can't say, well, you know, Jesus doesn't love me anymore. No, he says nothing can separate you from his love. Do you know the only thing in the entire world that can separate us from God's love is us? I can choose to walk away, but he said, I'm going to love you no matter what. So, guys, today, I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. I don't know where you're at. Those of you watching at home, I don't, I don't know where you're at. Maybe you're having a great time. Maybe life is good. Maybe you're having a really hard time and life is really rough right now. Maybe you woke up this morning and your heart was flooded with love and you say, man, I, it is so good to be alive. I'm so glad I'm a Christian. Maybe you woke up this morning and you went, oh, because things are hard. But guys, I want to let you know, nothing in all of creation can separate you from his love. Because of what he did at Calvary for you. Jesus didn't just die for the whole world. He died for every one of us individually. He died for you. He died for me. He died for those of you at home. He died for all of us so we could have victory in him. And guys, if I don't have to fear death because he's already taken care of that, why do I have to fear a person? Why do I have to fear that coworker that really irritates me? Why do I have to fear that neighbor? Why do I have to fear any? We don't because he's already won. So guys, my prayer today is that this Easter Sunday, you would feel God's love in your hearts. And you know, you know, guys, it's so easy to get it here, right? But it's harder to get in here sometimes. Because I think, if only he knew. But he does. And he loves you anyway. So I'm going to pray this morning that you would experience that love in a new way today. 
that I'm going to pray that we would experience that love and that we would start walking in that victory because he has already won. You know, this isn't just a, well, he'll win someday. No, he's already won. He already has that victory. So if you're physically able, would you stand this morning? So, Lord, I just thank you this morning that at Easter and every other day, we can celebrate the fact that you have already won the battle. Lord, we don't have to fear people. We don't have to fear death. We don't have to fear Satan or demons or any of those things because you have already won the victory. And, Lord, you said that nothing, nothing in all creation can separate us from your love today. So, Lord, I pray for every person in this room. I pray for every person watching online at home that they would experience your love in such a real way today. Lord, I pray for those who are in the midst of a really dry spell right now. Things are just not going well. Maybe kids are acting up. Maybe finances are tough. Maybe work is difficult. School is hard. Maybe life is not what they thought it would be at this point in their lives. Maybe they thought they'd be somewhere else. But Lord, I pray that you would cover them today in your love and in your grace. That you would fill their hearts to overflowing with knowledge that you love them no matter what. And they can be secure in that. Lord, I pray that we would understand how deep and how wide is your love for us. Lord, I pray that the peace that surpasses understanding would guard their hearts and their minds today in Christ Jesus. That, Lord, you would relieve every worry, you would relieve every fear, that you would remove every obstacle between them and you. And, Lord, I pray that we today would walk in that victory that you have already won. Lord, it's not a someday victory. It's an already happened victory over death, over sin, over ourselves. So with every head bowed, every eye closed today, I was going to ask you just to, just to look inside. And if you're here today and you say, you know, Pastor, if I was to be really honest today, I would say I'm pretty far from God. I don't have a relationship with him. Maybe at one point I asked him into my heart, but I've walked away from that, and I, I'm trying to push him away. And I don't want that anymore. I want, to be, I want to be right with him today. If that's you, would you slip your hand up right where you're at? We're just going to pray a prayer with you this morning. Okay? I'm going to ask every one of you here, every one of you at home, to pray this prayer with me. We're going to pray this prayer with those that raise their hands today. And this is just you talking to the Lord. And just accepting that victory that he's already given. So would you pray this prayer with me? Dear Jesus, thank you so much for your victory at Easter. Thank you for coming to this earth and dying in my spot to forgive me. And today, I ask for that forgiveness. I admit that I've sinned. Please forgive me. Come into my life and make me new. Help me to walk in that victory. In Jesus' name, amen.